Wow. We're so glad that you've joined us today. We're coming to you from Alpharetta, Georgia, where we're opening up a new campus soon, and you'll hear more about that. But I wanted to come in because of the signs of the times that are taking place all around us. I feel an urgency and a need to teach the body of Christ all that I can with any influence that I have, the importance of standing with and supporting the nation of Israel. I want to say something strong right now. When a church, when a nation, or when a family decides to bless the nation of Israel, there is absolutely a supernatural blessing that will come upon that church, that nation, or that family or individual that makes the decision to bless what God has blessed. Genesis 12 and verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. On the other hand, I will curse you, he goes on to say. I will curse those that curse you, Israel. The Pharaoh in Egypt in Joseph's time understood this concept of blessing Israel. Let me show you why. I don't know if he knew exactly what he was doing, but he kicked in the principle of when you find in favor and bless what God has blessed and favored, a blessing will come on you. The Bible said Joseph and the Jewish people were given by Pharaoh the richest farming land in Egypt called Goshen. It was the most prosperous, fruitful part of Egypt. And there was only one reason why a heathen Pharaoh king would do that. It was because Joseph had interpreted the dream and had told the king of Egypt that famine was coming and told him how to get through it, not only get through it, but thrive, not just survive, thrive in a time of economic disaster. And he was so grateful because Joseph told him to store up corn for seven years, and then he got people to sell their real estate and give it to the king of Egypt. And he became the richest man on planet earth with the mightiest army, and Egypt had the strongest economy on the planet. This is not even debatable. It's historical facts. Because a nation, because of that, this man felt, this Pharaoh said, I'm going to bless you, Joseph, and your descendants, which would ultimately become the nation of Israel. Egypt became so powerful because the leadership of that nation blessed the Jewish people. God, help us to have leadership in Washington, D.C., and in every nation that never turns their back on the nation of Israel. When Joseph and Mary fled from Herod when he was killing all the firstborn, you remember Joseph and Mary, I'm talking about another Joseph now, Joseph, uh, the stepfather of Jesus, and Mary, the virgin. They fled somewhere. They fled to Egypt. Why? Because they knew that there was someone who would favor the Messiah, wow. the Jewish child that they were carrying. When Joseph and that family of 70 fled, the family of 70 
grew and multiplied in Egypt for 430 years. Listen to me carefully. Egypt was the womb for Israel. As long as Pharaoh was blessing Israel, Egypt was blessed. It was the mightiest army. It was the richest nation. It had unbelievable success in every way. But the text says in Genesis, there arose another Pharaoh in Egypt after that one passed away who knew not Joseph or his God. And he said, I will curse those people. They're growing too fast. They're becoming too, too, too populous. I, I'm going I'm to knock them out. I'm going to stop them. And he even told the handmaidens, if it's a male child, kill it when it's born right from the womb. He began to curse the, the Jewish people. He enslaved the Jewish people. He made their lives miserable. If you don't hear anything else, you're watching me, wherever you're watching me, I'm telling you the secret to blessed life in favor of God. What you do to the Jewish people, God will do to you. What you do to the nation of Israel, God will do to you. Pharaoh drowned the Jewish sons in the Nile River. So God drowned the Egyptian army and Pharaoh in the Red Sea. The most powerful dictator in the world was washed up with his chariots and his army. And economic collapse happened when the Pharaoh decided, leadership of a nation decided to curse Israel. And they never have recovered from that thing yet. God loves the Egyptians. We love the Egyptians. I'm not talking about people here. They're, all of us are the same in God's eyes. I'm talking about spiritual principles that you need to understand. And most of the time, it's wicked leadership that causes the people to suffer, whether it's in Haiti or wherever it is. I've seen one thing. When people are suffering, it's demonic, wicked leadership. Just like what we're seeing in, 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 the, in the Middle East right now with the Palestinian people. Um, Hamas are evil, demonic, demonically inspired terrorists. And the people suffer because of it. You have to bless Israel. I want you to understand that because Pharaoh persecuted Israel and the Jewish people, God sent ten plagues and wiped out the economy. The wealth and military power of Egypt disappeared overnight. The same thing happened with the Babylonian Empire. Nebuchadnezzar was powerful and invaded Israel and wiped out the nation of Israel, took 10,000 young people who were the brightest and the sharpest, took them back to Babylon, used their talents and gifts to build his own nation, and God saw it. And God said, I'm going to wipe that, and the, the Babylonian Empire is gone. Same thing happened to the Roman Empire. They crucified the seed, Jesus, and that nation was gone. Same thing happened to Nazi, the Nazi Empire and Hitler. He decided to curse what God had blessed, and God said, I'll bless those that bless you, Israel, but if you want to put them in the concentration camps, if you want to put the Jews and murder six million of them, then I will curse those that curse Israel. Be careful what you say on social media. Be careful what you say just because everybody's on the bandwagon. 
Know the Bible. Know the Word of God. Live by the Scriptures more than you live by what's popular or what the latest fad is. The Jewish people have given us the Word of God. The Jewish people have given us the patriarchs. In Romans chapter 11, under the New Testament, it says this. It says, it's a warning to Christians. Do not boast against the tree's roots because the, the roots of our Christianity are Judea, it comes from Judaism. And he said, don't get to a point, body of Christ, where you think that Israel is just... Uh, and this is pretty much theology in many, many pulpits. They're just nothing. They're just another land, and they're just another people. He said, listen, listen to Romans. The apostle Paul puts it brilliantly. He says, he says, the branches don't support the roots. He said, the roots support the branches. And you can't have Christianity without Judaism, and you're not to act like you don't. I know it's all in Christ. There's no bigger preacher about the name of Jesus and how I feel about who Jesus is. But I also know that I cannot curse the roots just because I've been the engrafted branch that's producing fruit right now. And then, then he goes on and he says in John chapter 4 and verse 10, or 22, Jesus said, the reason you don't curse them is because salvation is of the Jews. How in the world do we praise the Jews of the past, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and we curse the Jews of the present? It's the same stock. It's the same lineage. We ignore the Jews that are alive and get very, write songs, God. I'm praying to the God of Abraham. <laughs> Folks, I'm trying to get you to understand, you can't be a Christian and not understand all of this whole book. When Jesus comes back, he's not coming back to New York City. He's not coming back to Washington, D.C., I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about the rapture. That happens. And then there's the second return where he will physically come back. He's not going to come back to, to London, England. He's not going to come back to Sydney, Australia. He's going to come back to those old rocky hills of the Mount of Olives. And he'll touch down there and he's going to set up his kingdom in Jerusalem, Israel. When you read the Old Testament, it's God's will concealed. But when you read the New Testament, it's God's will revealed. Joseph and Jesus both have the same Hebrew root word name. Joseph of the Old Testament is the same in Hebrew as Jesus uh, of the New Testament. It's the, the, the word uh, Joseph means uh, Savior. Joseph saved the world from starvation. Jesus saved the world from sin and Satan. Joseph was his father's favorite son. That's why he made him a coat of many colors. Jesus was his father's only begotten son. Joseph was rejected by his own brothers. They threw him in a pit. Jesus went unto his own and his own received him not. Joseph was left in a pit for dead. 
And Jesus was thrown into a grave and left for dead. But, Je but Joseph was raised from the pit and put in the palace at the right hand of Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world. And Jesus was raised from the grave and put at the right hand of the Father with a name that has been given to him above every other name. And then when you understand Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10, you'll understand when Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, it was a big moment. How did his brothers, Joseph, you remember the story of Joseph? You remember how that his brothers did him so wrong and he goes to Egypt, he goes to, uh, Egypt and he ends up having the keys to the corn and he's powerful. How in the world did he get to where he was? And the Bible said when the famine hit, Joseph's brothers came looking for bread and he disguised himself. He wore Egyptian clothes. He had, he, he had the Egyptian culture all over him. He looked like an Egyptian and his own brothers because he had, I'm sure he had changed over a 20-year period or ever how long it was, 13 years maybe. But, but, but he had changed and they didn't even recognize him. They probably didn't get to get that close to him. And when they saw him, they didn't even recognize him. But it was on the third visit. They came one time, two times, and then they came back on the third visit. And on the third visit, Joseph went behind the, the curtain and he broke and he wept and he took his disguise off and he showed them who he was. And they began to weep. Well, this ought to bless you. There have been three times that God has allowed Israel to be visited. Joshua took them over into the promised land. First time, Cyrus said, the king of Babylon, go back after 70 years, go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and the temple, and all that you want to do after 70 years. That's the second visit. And what I'm wanting you to understand is there's a third visit, and I believe it began in 1948. I believe when the nation of Israel was so scattered all over the world, this is in Ezekiel 36, it was a prophecy that they would be scattered, the Jewish people would be scattered all over the world. And then it comes in even clearer prophecy in Ezekiel 37 because in that moment, Ezekiel sees a valley of dry bones. He sees a nation so decimated that it looks like that it's an army and bones are, strolled, or, or, or bones are strewn all over that valley. And the Bible said he was asked a question, can these bones ever live again? Can this nation ever come to life again? They're so scattered. What is that about? World War II, Hitler, after the Holocaust, they were scattered all over the world, but something in the hearts, and by the way, this is in Ezekiel chapter 36, God said, I'll put it in their heart and they'll want to start coming back to the land. They'll want to start coming back to the nation. But there was no Israel. 
How will they do that? Isaiah 66, a nation will be born in a day. United Nations voted on it and said, give them their own land, these poor pitiful people. They look like a valley of dry bones. I doubt it'll make it. I doubt they'll make it. They're so scattered. They're so messed up. They're so emaciated. They're so destroyed. They're, 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 look, they've been in the, in the concentration camps. They, they've lost all their wealth. They have nothing. They probably won't make it, but give them the land. It was the third visit. Oh, but I want to tell you, when, when God started resurrecting Israel, and this is so important, especially when you watch the news today. This is why this war that's going on that you see, they should read Ezekiel 37, because when the prophet saw the third and final time that God would raise the nation up, he did not raise them up as beat-up victims. He raised them up and he said, and I saw... Bone come to bone. I saw breath come into the bone. Flesh come on there. And he said, and I saw a mighty army. That was the description he gave. In other words, those bunch of people who have been brutalized and put into Egyptian slavery and put into Babylonian slavery and they should have been wiped out and Hitler tried to wipe them out. Everybody hates them. And it's still going on even now because the Antichrist is Antichrist and anti-Semitic. And if you're part of that spirit, you're probably going to be anti-Bible and anti-Christian. Who's on the Lord's side? He said, I saw a mighty army being raised up. I believe that 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 the haters of Israel better realize they're not a bunch of victims anymore. Everyone, did you know I read the story yesterday of 10 Israeli girls, and they had a picture of them. 10 girls in the army, in the the Israeli army, because they have to serve at the age of 18. Most of them were 18, 19, or 20 years old. They, They killed 100. It was only, it was only 12 of them. They killed 100 Hamas terrorists that were trying to cut off the heads of babies and, and, and rape women. They, these women, mighty army. Come on, somebody. Might say mighty army. Mighty army. I mean, if the women can fight that good. 12 against 100, and they killed 100, and they, all of them were shot or wounded but none of them died. I will bless those that bless Israel. I will curse those that curse Israel. And I conclude with this. There's coming a day, according to Zechariah 12 and verse 10, after the third visit, that's when, and it's interesting, before he revealed himself to to his brothers, a type of the Jewish people, Messiah showing himself. The Bible said he dismissed the Egyptians. He said, go away, Gentiles, go away. That is a picture in the Old Testament of right before revival hits the nation of Israel and they see Jesus for who they really are because right now he's disguised to them. Zechariah 
12 and verse 10 said, and when they see him, well, I've got to finish that part. Once they, right before this happens, there's going to be a disappearance of the Christian church. Are you hearing me? That's called the catching away, the rapture. First Thessalonians 4. Now listen to what's going to happen immediately after. The, the, the Antichrist will come on the scene for three and a half years. Chaos, the Bible calls it the great tribulation. The economy will collapse. He'll set up one world economy. You won't be able to buy or sell, according to Revelation 14, without the mark of the beast, 666. Somehow they didn't have all this computer stuff and all that when this writer saw this. And I used to hear the old preachers preach on this, and I thought that's the craziest thing. Now, after COVID, you, you, they're in major cities. I was in Washington, D.C., and I couldn't get a meal because I didn't take the shot. I had to show them my card to be served. I said, I'm hungry. I just got off a plane. They said, sorry, you got the card? Same was true in Los Angeles. Same was true all over the place. And it was a trial run. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against or for. I'm just, that's my body. You do what you want to do with your body. I'll do what I want to do with mine. I'm not saying it's wrong or right. Some of my family did take it. Some of them didn't. I'm just telling you, the bottom line is this, we're seeing it. One world currency, one world government. Even America is being diminished more and more and more and more as a superpower. You see these allegiances in one world religion. Bow your knee or we'll cut your head off. Bow your knee and take the mark of the beast or you won't be able to buy or sell according to Revelation. So what's going to happen to those Jewish people three and a half years into that kind of environment? And you see the anti-Semitism now raising its head. Multiply massively, and they will be the most hated people on the earth, and God will draw all nations to come destroy Israel. And in that moment, Zechariah 12 and verse 10, and they will see him whom they have pierced, crucified. And they will weep as one who weeps for their own son seven days. Why? Because they'll see the scars in his body and they'll know he, Jesus, is the Messiah. Well, our time is gone. But I know that I know that I know you're watching this program today for a divine purpose. You don't have to be here during all of that. One out of every 30 verses in the New Testament is saying, He's coming. Be ready. It is a direct reflection or a, 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 a prophecy concerning Messiah is coming. One out of 30. Imagine going on a, on a trip. And every 30 miles, you see a sign. Let's say a thousand mile trip. And every 30 miles, you see a sign saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You might ought to take note. If you read the New Testament, it's not just about going to heaven someday. He's coming again. Are you ready? Pray this prayer with me. Pray it over your family. Pray it over. Think of people that you have influence with. Are you witnessing? Do you feel the need to tell others? Do you feel, are they ready as your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad? 
It's time to get ready for the soon return of Jesus Christ. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender to you. I believe that your blood, it was perfect blood. It was innocent blood. It was sinless blood. It washes me. It cleanses me. It covers me and my family. And I just plead your blood over me and my family. Help us to be washed in it and be overcomers through it by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.